0: Hello, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 4 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. We are very glad you are joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and one-on-one coaching to independent writers and authors, creative and solo professionals, and very small business owners. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking podcast and publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website, or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking, in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is.
1: Good to be here again.
0: Great, great. Well, today, there's so much going on in the world as we record this at the end of the third week of March of 2022. But right now, today, we want to speak a little bit about what's happening with you and with us locally. But who was the politician that said all politics is local? Tip,
1: uh, the tip, uh, House Speaker, tip, tip O'Neill. Tip
0: O'Neill, yes. Uh, the Speaker of the House, Tip O'Neill, in the 80s, famously said, all politics is local. And while we, you know, so so we're always so focused on the presidential election, we forget sometimes that the politicians and the leaders who have the most impact on your life are the ones at the local level. So that's what we want to talk about a little bit today. Here in Michigan, uh, we have a Democratic governor, Gretchen Whitmer. We have a, Dem- a Democratic and then her lieutenant governor, uh, Garland Gilchrist, and then we our secretary of state and our attorney general are both Democratic women. The, re- the legislature, however, is a Republican majority, and that makes that that makes a big difference because everything that Governor Whitmer is trying to do for the people as a Democrat, she's stopped oftentimes, every single time, by the Republican legislature. And right now, one, oh, one of her campaign promises, if you've ever been to Michigan or some of the states around here where our weather changes so frequently, you will know, you will know that we, are, we have a horrible problem with potholes in the roads. And one of the things, one of her campaign promises when she ran for governor for her first term was, I'm going to fix the damn roads. That is a direct quote. <laughs> But right now, we are, of course, going to the highest rate of inflation overall globally, not just in the United States, but globally in 40 years, and also high gas prices. However, people forget that the president of the United States does not set gas prices. They're set on a global level, and there's not really that much he can do about it. But right now, as we speak, the price of a barrel of oil has dropped from over $100 to about $96 per barrel But yet the price of gas is higher than the last time gas, the last time oil was $96 a barrel. Why is that? It is not because of the president. It's not even because of inflation. It's because of the corporate people who are keeping, who are are artificially keeping the the, uh, price of gas high, which means it's a dollar a gallon higher than it was the last time oil was $96 a barrel. But one of the easy fixes, and I put easy in quotation mark, that a lot of politicians say, well, let's let's reduce or eliminate at least temporarily the gas tax, because the tax on gasoline is a lot of uh, is a makes up a lot of the price of gasoline that you pay as a pump. And while that seems like an easy fix, it's not really. Number one, to repeal the federal gas tax will take an act of Congress, it has to come through the House of Representatives because all financial bills go come through the House of Representatives. Then it has to go to the Senate. Then it has to go, go by the print. By the time that happens, prices will have gone down again, or they will have been affected by the way that the oil refineries switch from winter to summer. Prices always go up around Memorial Day. That is not, that, that is not an accident. So the prices are going to fluctuate, but they are coming down. But the thing about the gas tax is that the gas tax pays for a lot of things like road repair. And so to say, we're going to repeal the gas tax in Michigan. That money helps Governor Whitmer fix the damn roads. So you have six of one half dozen or the other, and it's not just new road repair, but a lot of things that have to do with road repair, maintenance, all that. That comes from the gas tax. And so while that might temporarily shave a few a few cents off of each gallon of gas, it on the other hand, now that's going to put some other people out of out of work because there's no money for their projects and things like that. So that's one of the things that at the local level, and it, and I was telling Keith, it reminded me of 2008 when Barack and Hillary were running for president and George Bush was, was president and the gas was way over $4. People forget that. In 2008, the gas, again, was way over $4 a, a gallon. And Hillary Clinton and some other people said, oh, let's repeal the gas tax. And Barack Obama reminded them that, that it's not an easy fix. Not only does it take a long time, but for the very reasons that I that. I just mentioned about repealing the gas tax and the the effect that it had on other parts of the economy. So I, I left with that example because it's, here it is the almost the end of March. The 2020 elections are upon us. They've already some of the primaries have already started in some states like Texas. And so, what at the local level? What are some of the issues at the local level that we and you should be paying attention to, Keith?
1: Well, before we go there, I want to go back on the gas tax issue because I think one thing that you mentioned that Hillary and others were uh, trying to go to the pivot to the more political position of of repealing the gas tax. And I think that obviously President Obama was correct. And the reason being that people need to understand that when you want to repair these kind of repairs, the things that people say they want, nothing comes for free. There's a there's a cost attached. And when and when you start giving false gifts which is basically repealing of cash tax saying, okay, aren't you happy? now because the gas tax is lower and look what we've done for you. But then, but then you're still upset that the roads aren't fixed. And so, and that's what happens. People, they're momentarily, so okay, glad they pull, they go and they fill their cars at the pump and it costs maybe $3 less, if that. And then, but then they go out and they break their axle on a pothole and then they're upset because it hasn't been fixed. Well, it hasn't been fixed because, because there's not enough on your gas. There's not enough tax on that. And that's why the taxes are there. Nobody loves taxes, but, I mean, but they have to be there, and you cannot fix the, those roads with that. There are extra money that we have temporarily that came from the federal government to the state and to the uh, local. I know that then in Wayne County has got about $350 million, I think, and the city of Detroit has about 800 some odd million. The, the thing about what Tip O'Neill was talking about, saying all politics is local— is that when a politician, when anybody is running for office, you have to, for example, if somebody's running for mayor in Detroit or running for city council in Detroit, they can't run in Detroit on what their position is on Ukraine, because that's not local. What you're running on the local. Is you're talking about the roads are the best one. I have to think about some other specific issues, other specific issues, veterans' service, how we take care of veterans in Wayne County or in Detroit, you know, what has services that are available to them. When you start talking about a uh, bike paths, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, and then now there are more, there's more money, there are more, there are more uh, expansions being made to local bike paths, and they've come to find out that, that people are really, really enjoying those bike paths. And one thing they also learned, I know one thing that they learned in Wayne County was that during COVID, the the usage of parks in Wayne County went up almost 30% because that was the one place people could go outside that didn't necessarily have to use their masks and they could do something besides stay indoors. So now I know more. More money will be allocated to try to, to expand the trails and also build out the parks. Because we really have many people with parks? Those are those are local. Those are local issues. There are a, a, a number of others. I mean, for you know, in terms of obviously curbing you know curbing violence, is what they're talking about. Whether or not whether it's you know, gun buybacks or whatever they try try to do dealing with the, dealing with the drug. There's so many things dealing with the you know drug issue on the street in terms of you know, negative more prob- problematic water. Water is a huge is a it's probably an even better example of a local issue because that's been a very very contentious issue. Again, in some ways, like the gas tax, because people and organizations were very upset when the water. I know years ago when I first moved here, not even that long ago, water. Um, was I was paying like you know, we were paying like thirty dollars a month for water, and uh, and how now it's a, a, almost triple that. But I don't get upset because the reason why was because they didn't want to raise the water in the price, you know. So the so things were being paid for that needed to be paid for. And this mm-hmm. is
0: the same thing with with the real tax because when people talk about the water bill, it's not just the water; mm-hmm. it's water and sewage and water and, and maintenance of the line. Because in a few years ago people said, Well, water should be free. Well, actually, water is free. People could take as many buckets down to the Detroit River as they want <laughs> and, 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 and and get as much water as they want. But the water the water is free, but the maintaining of the water, the cleanliness of the water, the maintenance of the pipes, all that that is what costs. When you turn on your tap, you are, are assured here in Detroit, anyway, it's not so much in Flint, but here in Detroit, you are assured that the water that comes through your tap is clean and it's always there. Well, that costs money. Right. So the water is free, but everything around the water is
1: money. Right, and there and there are, and that's a major issue too. when they're talking about the maintenance, the, when they have pictures of what a, n- a number of these pipes and say uh, look through, look like throughout the city, I mean they're they're about to they're about to go, and and so there are um huge things that need to be done. And another issue that happened was that, and not to, to victimize our, you know, we love our churches, but many of um, the water, what was being taxed was the uh, specific, for example, specific homes. And when the, when the water, they were not taxing runoff. Rock, they were taxing runoff. So when you have many of the very, very large churches, who have huge parking lots. With a runoff, there was no tax there. So, so what was happening was you would have somebody in a very small home living right across the street from the church who was paying more than what the church was. And the church was eight times the size because they were, same thing with parking lots. Mm -hmm. Parking lots were not paying. Uh, any hardly anything because they were they all they had was the space of that and they were not paying they get, the uh, yeah, they get the services and so when so when the you know the water department you know Gary Brown the head of the water work changed it changed it the, uh, changed that uh both in the water department there was a lot of pushback
0: there was no, a lot of pushback because yeah. of the, the the Detroit water and sewage department I keep saying that because they'll, the two go together when you take water out of your tap and also when you flush your toilet that's the same water department. So you have to keep that in mind. It's not just just water. When he decided that the churches and malls and all of that, not just the churches, but the malls, all of those that have these large parking lots that are receiving the services for the runoff for the drainage. Because when you turn on your water or even when it rains, that water has to go somewhere. Okay. And so it goes down the drain around the parking lot and all of that. All of that not, not, not only has to be built, but has to be maintained. And if these large if, if these malls, including the strip malls, and these churches, no matter what size, but especially the large ones that take up acres of right. just for their parking lots, are not paying for the services that they are receiving for uh, all the different services of the War department, right. Then that means that the cost of it falls on the homeowners. and so and, and what people saying is that's not fair. And so some people get all of the, well, that's the church. You can't tax the church. Well, that's a problem, not taxing the church. It has nothing to do with the church. It has to do with the building and the acreage and all of that. And yes, it should be taxed just like everything else is taxed because a, a church is not taxed. But if a church is next door to a store. That store is being taxed, and the church is not. But they're receiving the same service. As a matter of fact, the services are interconnected.
1: Right, and it may And I'll be real brief on this. It's also important because Detroit is such an economically there's still a poor community. You know, one of the poorest communities in the country. And when you talk about raising prices of water unfairly, you know, everybody has to pay more. But when you start talking about large organizations who are not paying anything this hurts homeowners. A lot of people people i mean the the difficulties people were having paying their water bill and all the ways they're trying to do and having the you know water shutoffs and et cetera i understand why they were why they are more than some i understand why people were upset about the shutoffs but i understand also why they had to try and do something right. to to get the water back but all that comes from the pro- people were trying to figure out a way to pay for that water. And right. when you start saying that a large organization is not paying anything, it's paying low. And somebody, you know, who's barely making any money is paying what to pay co- to cover the cost of right. that. That's not right. fair.
0: Right. Right. and <clears throat> So it's the same thing with the when you when you when you look at the finances, just think about how you do your finances at your house. And how you have to sometimes rock teams when they fall, move things around, look at not only from week to week and month to month and year to year, but overall, what happened five years ago, what are you expecting to happen five years from now? Large organizations have to do the same thing. And so when you're looking at these local issues, and here in Detroit, the local issues are, are the water department, sewage water department, are the neighborhoods, are the taxes, the taxes. So many people, especially since 2008, had so much trouble paying their property taxes. And again, that a lot of that goes back to a law that was passed in the 70s by Republicans that said that that capped the property taxes until you sold your house. Was that Headley? Yeah, that was Headley. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Head, and it's called the Headley Amendment. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in Detroit who bought their homes in the uh, 60s when there was a line of white flight, like my parents, okay, they bought their house, their their home in a uh, a very nice neighborhood in Detroit. Hey, they bought this nice big house for thirty six thousand dollars. I'll never forget that. My mother thought that was a half a amount of money to pay for a house, and they lived in that house for fifty years. And but then once they sold it, now those people who were in their 30s and forties and in the late sixties, early seventies, had bought those houses for you know for thirty, 000, forty thousand dollars. Now they are retired. Where they are, are 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 dying, and their children have the house, and they have to sell it. The new owners of those homes now the tax uh, bracket goes up, and that has been a big problem in Detroit because you now you have because the minute the the house the title changes hands, the tax the, the property taxes go uh, double and triple and quadruple, and that is quite a big problem. And as we're saying this. If you are not from this area, there's an issue in your local area that is very similar. Okay. And so the young people who are in their 20s or, or early 30s, now they have enough to care to, and they have enough money to pay the mortgage. It's the property tax that just, you know, shoot up and then they can't buy the house because they can't afford the property well, tax. Right.
1: And what also happens, and I'm familiar with this, what happens is that, and what you have a, a number of people where the children inherited the property from their parents. Right. And so what happened is is that while they were there living with their parents, or it was somewhere, or the parents they you know come in and get, or, or just turn the house over to them, mm-hmm. and say you know, and so they now they have the house. So all of a sudden, and, and now, not a lot, many times, and they, these young people they're not making a lot of money, right? Not even back in right?
0: But then that you know, that
1: right? They're they're not, you know, right and and may not make money any barely any money, and all of a sudden, so, and they know know nothing about how the property tax system works, mm-hmm. you know, haven't paid property taxes before, don't know really anything about it, Headly a minute in it, admit out anything. And then all of a sudden they get this bill for $5,000. You know, up sometimes more, depending on the house, you know, but it's basically, go on, and sometimes going back a number of years and then the penalty, I used to, I don't know if it is now, but it used to be, you know, 12% the first year, 18%. And then, the, you know, if there's not settled by the third year, you lose the house. And so there's the foreclosure, uh, there's foreclosure auction by the, you know, by the treasurer's office, et cetera. And so there's been all kind of issues and that would take the whole issue to talk about. It. But b- bottom line is, again, there was, there was help available, but people didn't even know about the help and were not informed. And the reason why I'm mad, they were not informed about the help that was available because if everyone knew about what their, the taxes they actually owed. Because that was another issue in the city of Detroit, which people wanted to file a lawsuit about because they found out that many people were overpaying taxes mm-hmm. because their property wasn't that. Well, if, if, I think sometimes they didn't want people to know exactly what the—because if people—if everybody contested, found out what their house was and then contested that mm-hmm. and then had their house—their pro, property— Properly evaluated, the then assessed. Right, mm-hmm. properly assessed. Then the money going into the coffers of the city would dramatically drop. Right, would because there would be houses that weren't even on the road. Right, right. And, and they didn't want that because. And again, and, <laughs> and once again, it's understand from both, it's obviously understandable why people want their home property assessed? because you shouldn't pay for more than your house is worth. Yep. On the flip side, from where the cities come from, I understand because the, the property tax is one of the pri- primary sources of revenue. Right. So if there's are source of revenue, drive them where they want, because then they can't provide the services so is that everybody's, the everybody's screaming about. So there's all kind of, it gets vicious right. know, in terms of how this thing, uh, and it should not be that right.
0: way. And so as we're talking about some of the local issues here in Detroit, if you are not in Detroit, look at your local issues, because they are similar. Very similar. Every, every, every city, every area has similar problems. In urban
1: areas. Yeah, yeah. urban
0: we're talking about urban areas. Mm-hmm. Rural areas have their own Right, I'm just saying, uh, rural areas,
1: different areas of rural areas. Right, yeah, and, and,
0: and metropolitan, areas. Speaking right. Of metropolitan areas, going back all the way back to the gas tax, a lot of, I mean, the gas, the price of gasoline. A lot of and, and well first of all, people are saying that one of the reasons the gas went up, although this is a knock to reading, is because of the war in Ukraine. That invasion has only lasted three weeks, okay? It has not impacted the price of gasoline. It's not enough time, number one. And we only get, when I say we, the United States only gets 2 to 3% of its oil from Russia. Right. Okay. So while it was a good symbolic thing, we're not going to import Russian mm-hmm. oil anymore. It really didn't make much of a dent. Our oil comes from the Middle East and it comes from the United States. And so what I'm saying is that when, when the gas gas price of gasoline went up so much in such a short amount of time, there are those of us who said, "Okay, this is going to happen. We're going to have to bite the bullet somewhere else and pay more for gasoline." But there are many of us that said, we're just glad that we have the resources to pay this higher gasoline. Right. Well, there's a whole bunch of people who don't have right. their money right uh, to pay, you know, to pay the, this the, the increase in, in gasoline and can. I don't know about other, well, I know here in Detroit, our reliance. Dependent, I should say, on the automobile has been very detrimental. And every time we try to expand and improve regional mass transit and sit where the racism comes in, the subs of the suburbs don't want that. Now, that's where the jobs are. And if people could jump on a bus and get out to the suburbs where the jobs are and are paying decent money and then get on the bus and come back home, a whole lot of economic issues would be resolved. But even right now, there are some suburbs around Detroit who, do, who have opted out of participating in our regional mass transit system because right. they think we don't want all those people in our neighborhood. Right. And that's the- exactly and, and so that's impacting that's impacting the economy of Detroit and the economy of the metropolitan area. And uh, all it has to do with we don't want those people in our neighborhood. Right, and the opting out part is a
1: problem because they're, they're opting out of. The system that's currently there, right. let alone trying to upgrade it right. to rapid transit, and and that and just the ability for a community within a county, right? If they because sometimes the, many of the other communities in a particular county are good with it. Right. You know, they're, they're fine, whether it's Oakland County, whether it's Macomb County, some of those communities, they say, we, we're all for it. You know, and, they, and they've taken polls. that They say, have a large number of people, but there are certain communities that say, no, we don't want it. And so, but rather than them having to say, okay, the, the, the they're part of a you know, right. and saying, okay, we have to go, they're still given the ability to opt out. Right. What that does is that, that jeopardizes, uh, the. It's, it's, it's kind of like what happens in Congress when you have two people Two people who importantly, Democrats uh, holding up the whole agenda of the other four, uh, and the president. Right, because legally, they can say, no, we don't want to. Well, it's the same thing here. You yeah, can have a certain amount of communities that, that say, no, we opt out. So therefore, a, a rapid transit would have to go around them. You'd have to build a, you have some kind of jerry-rigged system and to pull them in. And this and like you say, it's, it's, it's this racism, well, which has been here forever, not just in Detroit, obviously, in a lot of places, but that Whole area of not wanting people to go out there, but uh, and also, but the fun is, the thing mm-hmm. of it is, is that people get a, they'll say, well, okay, well, why don't those people work One day of we We get the job, job there, right? You know, if the people can come out there get the job, when well, uh, so they then they go back home, people right. come back home, or people will there. But the thing of it is, also they're already working there. Right. There was that story. Obviously, not everyone is doing this, and mm-hmm. I'll wrap it up. But there was a story a long time ago about that. You know, you know um, not you don't know, even about in his 50s, the African-American man who walked to work every day, and it was 25 miles. Right. And he walked to work, and he walked home. Now, of course, the response, people were all applauding and think, wow, that man really wants to work. That was the wrong response. Right. You know, And then eventually, he himself, people could pull him on the bottom a car and all that. That was one man. Right. The issue was, why does he have to walk from Detroit all the way out to the suburbs for his job, where, what did they do? They didn't get, they make, they, because of that, the, the, I think the wife of the who owned the company cooked him lunch every day. Gee, thanks. You know, and, was, and then he had to walk this is winter,
0: summer. The point being, this is what people will do who need a job. Right. And that goes back to our dependence on the car, which goes right. back to gasoline right. prices which goes back to our dependence on fossil fuels. Yes, yeah, and we're going to have to revisit this in <laughs> another time. We're t- believe me, we're keeping <laughs> to the topics. Yeah, it's going to happen, but I would go by quickly. But all of these things that are happening right now that you hear about are dependence on fossil fuels. This is why Joe Manchin votes against all of these things for, for climate change because his family had to be millionaires because of fossil fuels. And so when people have to depend on cars, and especially people who don't have a lot of money to buy a good car and then they put the gas in it, that had ramifications that just spread far and wide. And we're going to continue to touch on this. We want you to let us know, if you are not in Detroit, what are some of the issues in your local metropolitan area? If you are in Detroit, what are some of the issues that you would like us to address? We do this uh, podcast every Friday and addressing you know, our topics of American history and culture, government, which this is, education, and politics. Politics, right. And so we uh, let us know in the comments. Join a discussion group. And we will talk to you next week and we'll see what happens in the world between this Friday and next Friday. Thank you for listening. Yep, thank you for listening. See you next time.